0: Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant. Another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to Easter Morning. We don't call it Easter around here. We call it Resurrection Sunday because it's more than bunnies and Easter eggs and stuff like that. It's about the thing that changed everything. It's about the resurrection of Jesus. It's about how he changed our lives, took our sin, and made us what we ought to be. And so we're really grateful you've joined us. If you want to, grab a Bible real quick. I'm not really going to read it, but I'm going to tell the story from Luke 24. And so you can follow along there and, and, and go with us. First Corinthians 15, Greg read it at the beginning of this. Everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. Now, as awesome as a piece of Scripture as that is, my guess is there's some of us sitting here today who are like, I don't even know what that's all about. And my guess is some of us are sitting here right now and we started to walk with Jesus and then found out that new life wasted away from us somehow. Am I right? See, I, I know about what it's like to, to have expectations and for reality to set in. Expectation. I'll tell you about an expectation I had. About three summers ago, my oldest daughter was about to leave to go to college. And we thought we might get in just one more of those family vacations. Anybody know about those family vacations? Just the last one. We're went to va- we going to go to our favorite vacation spot, which is along the Gulf of Mexico with the sun and the fun. And we drive all that way, and we get there. And just when our expectations are up here, because this is going to be it, this is going to be the crowning moment of our family vacations, we get there and it's raining, and I don't mean raining a little bit. I mean raining. I mean coming down in floods, like the street in front of our, the place we were staying is like in six inches of water. Rain, and then on the days that it wasn't raining, guess what was happening? It was overcast and so windy there were rip currents. You know what that mean? It meant no feet in the sand, no body in the water, nobody's getting baked by sun, no sunsets. And my expectation was way up here, but the reality was way, way down here, and that's hard to swallow. See, I found when I when I when I when when my expectation my reality doesn't meet my expectation, I get disillusioned. When I get disillusioned, discouragement sets in, and if discouragement is allowed to set in long enough, depression comes. And if depression can stay there long enough, then parts of my life begin to die. Faith, hope, and love begin to waste away. I have some good news for you this morning that that there's hope in that. Because God is the God of resurrection. I think some of you are are like me. When you face these moments where expectation doesn't match reality, you struggle. It can be when you have this idea that you're going to start a new job and everything's going to be different. For some of you kids, it's when you're going to start a new school year and everything that was bad from the year before is going to be different and you got this expectation it's going to be up here. It can happen when, when we move to a new neighborhood. It can happen when we, we join a new team and we think, man, all that stuff I goofed up with last time is going to be different, right? But then it doesn't. It can happen when somebody very influential in our lives lets us down. And it can happen when we know we've let others down. And we try and make sense of it. And we try and walk through it. Our expectations betray us. And when our expectations betray us, disillusionment sets in. And when disillusionment sets in, discouragement comes. When discouragement is stayed long enough, depression shows up. And when depression shows up, then faith, hope, and love waste away. But can I tell you something this morning? Today, Resurrection Sunday tells us this one thing. Even on the walk of disillusionment, God has the power to illuminate the path to new life. Even when we're disillusioned, even when it doesn't make sense and life doesn't add up, God has the power to lead us on a path, to illuminate the path to new life for us. Luke 24, you'll find two guys walking walking the walk of disillusionment. They are followers of Jesus disciples of Jesus and it says there that the two of them were walking along from a place called Jerusalem to a place called Emmaus and as they walked they talked among themselves let me give you some context about why they were walking and where they were walking about a week earlier to this day they found themselves in a in a crowd of people And this guy named Jesus was marching into Jerusalem. People were singing his praise and chanting and and laying down palm branches and and coats in front of him as he walked into town. And and they were proclaiming him as the King and the Messiah. About Thursday, they find themselves in a place called the Upper Room and they're eating dinner together with Jesus and the rest of his disciples. And Jesus begins to talk cryptically about some things. The Bible says he he would take some bread... He would give thanks for it. He would break it, and he would give it out, and he would say, this is my body bro- broken for you. He would take a cup, and he'd lift it up, and he'd give thanks for it, and he would say, this is my blood shed for you. They're going, what is going on? A couple hours later, they find themselves out in a garden, and they're pray- he's asked them to pray and guess what's going on? He is under such duress that his face, his, his, that there's blood vessels in his face that are popping under stress and he's sweating great drops of blood. He's, he's so under it. And a little while later, one of their very own shows up in that garden with the palace guard, with the, 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 the temple guard. And they, he betrays Jesus. And they usher him in to a kangaroo court. They beat him and mock him and make fun of him. And then... The high priest knows that Jesus is a threat to him, so he sends him to Pilate, who's the governor. And there's another kangaroo session that takes place. And the, the, the Pilate thinks to suffice with the crowd, who have now gone from chanting Jesus' praise to shouting words like this, Crucify him! Crucify him! To appease them, he has Jesus scourged. With the Roman scourging, which means they tie him up to a post with his hands up high like this. Then Roman guards take whips, what they're called a cat of nine tails, leather straps with metal in them and stone. And when they whip him, they literally tear pieces of his flesh off of his body. And then they watch, if that doesn't suffice the crowd, and they keep ch- chanting, crucify him, until. Pilate goes to the inevitable and he condemns him to death. Jesus walks through the crowd of people carrying a heavy cross to outside of town. They they watch as they lay that cross down, lay him down on it, and and pierce his hands and his feet with nine-inch nails. He grasps his last breath, and guess what happens then? He dies. They watch this. They drag his body down off the cross, put it in a tomb. And they're like, we thought this was going to be it. Let me ask you a question. What are you walking away from today? You see, these guys were walking away from a bad situation. They were fearful for their lives. Life didn't pan out the way they wanted to. What has happened to you in recent months, recent days, recent years, whatever, that's made you second-guess your faith? That's made you second-guess hope? Made you second-guess love? What's happened? Some of you have walked in here today, and, and you are at that point where you're ready to walk away from God. You're just here. At one last-ditch effort, maybe. Some of you have walked in here today, and you're ready to walk away from your marriage. You're ready to walk away from a job. You're ready to walk away from a friendship. You're just ready to walk away. What, 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 what's, what's brought that on? What's brought that upon you? What, what, what is it? See, they're talking among themselves. Can I tell you something? As good as community is, there's some things human beings just can't give you. They can't give you all the answers. They can't fix all the problems. They can't take care of all the disillusionment. And as much as you're trying to sort it out, they're not able to handle that. Now the crazy thing about this is, like these two guys walking down this road to Emmaus, we mistake bad circumstances as the absence of God. We, we mistake that, that, that things have gone wrong and God can't be in that. So they talk and they discuss these things, and then suddenly a traveler came upon them. And he looks at them, and he asked them a question. What are you discussing so intently? See, sometimes we don't realize God's with us. He sends people into our paths to ask us questions and to share compassion. And we don't even realize that was him that was doing it. Some of you have wondered why that person stopped to ask you a question at work. Why that neighbor stopped by and just wanted to, wanted to see how you were doing. Because God was letting you know he knew where you were on the path of disillusionment. He didn't even recognize him. They said, he asked, what are you guys discussing? And the Bible says that, that sadness came across their faith. And one of them, Cleopas, the only one we know the name of, he goes, you've got to be kidding me. You must be the only person in Jerusalem that hasn't heard what's happened these last few days. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever asked God this question? God, don't you know what's going on down here? Are you even paying attention? Do you know how what anguish I'm in, what frustration I'm under? Don't you understand what's going on with me? See, disillusionment comes when we view natural results for spiritual gains losses. You know what I'm saying? Like you, 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 you think that something really good happens and man, that was all God. He, he just took care of me. And then something bad happens. You go, where's God? Something good happens. You're like, man, I believed I talked positive. I had faith, man, that was awesome. You do the you do the exact same day thing three weeks later, and something bad happens. You're like, I didn't have enough faith. Faith must not work. I don't know. Some of you, you go to counsel with a a pastor or somebody who obviously has all the answers, right? And you do what they tell you to do, and if that one instance it works. Three months later, you're going to do the same exact principles, and the bottom falls out, and you start second-guessing your religious, your religious convictions. That's what these guys did. They, they were second-guessing, right? And the, the traveler says, what things are you talking about? And they said, the things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth. We thought he was a great teacher. He did great miracles. He was, he was acknowledged. Everybody knew that he was doing awesome things. But our high priest, they had, he had them, they had him killed. And we had thought he was the Messiah. See, they had expectations up here, right? Reality set in. They're down here now. They're walking away. They're running away from the trouble. They're running away from the pain. They're running away from fear. They're running away from all of it. And they find themselves here. Can I say something? Even on the walk of disillusionment, God has the power to illuminate the path to new life. Even on that walk... And in disillusionment, we don't need just something mamby pamby. We don't need some popular philosophy. We don't need some public opinion. We don't need some fad that we read on the internet. You know what we need? We need something substantial. We need something solid. We need something that's beyond circumstantial that stands the test of time and all of that. In disillusionment, we need God's truth. Because it seems when we're disillusioned, it takes nothing for things to go from bad to worse. Because they begin to tell a story. See, there were these ladies, they go on to say, from our group. They ran out to the spot where he was buried. And they found his body missing. And then they, they, they kind of blow past this next line. There were these guys that looked like angels and they said Jesus was alive. And so a couple of our guys, they ran out next. And they'd say these exact words, sure enough, when they got there, it was just as the women said, his body was gone. They blew past the message that Jesus is alive. All they could concentrate on their disillusionment was his body wasn't there. And many of us, we're trying to process life and we don't really see what's really going around us. All we can see is the bad. All we can see is how difficult things are, how horrible things are. And this traveler, see, you have to endeavor to understand what you haven't seen yet. The traveler looks at him and he goes, you foolish people. You find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering in his glory? That he took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets and explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning the Messiah. Now here's something really cool. Everything in the Bible, in the Old Testament, points forward to the events we're celebrating this week. Everything in the New Testament looks backwards at the events we're celebrating this week. And this is the thing that, separate, that, that, that settled everything. Everything about everything changes because what we celebrated this last week, what we're celebrating today. And if we don't have the right context, we don't understand that. And so to kind of give you the idea what this traveler told these guys on the way to Emmaus, I want you kids to watch the screen. You'll see a face you recognize and see how this story has to unfold according to the Bible. Even on the walk of disillusionment, God has the power to illuminate life, the path to new life. See, I want to tell you something. It was cool for Mary. She had that moment with Jesus, Right? So she gets it. Maybe you're like, that's 2,000 years ago. Can I say something to you right now? God cares more about connecting to you on a relational level than He is about you understanding everything. God cares more about connecting to you relationally than He is about you getting, getting everything and understanding it completely. See, these guys, they continue their walk. This Cleopas and this the other guy. And they finally arrive at Emmaus. And they're getting ready to walk into the house they were supposed to stay at. And the traveler that was with them decided he's going to keep on walking. And they look at him and they say, hey, won't you please stay the night with us? It's getting late. And so he relents and comes in. They get ready to sit down and eat at dinner. And he, as they get ready to eat that evening, he, this, this traveler grabs the bread. He takes it. He gives thanks for it. He breaks it and he begins to pass it out to them. Suddenly, as they're in that moment, their heart starts to rumble on the inside because they go back just a few days. They remember being in the upper room with Jesus. And he had taken bread and he had given thanks for it and he had broken it and he'd dished it out to all of them. And in the inside of them, suddenly something begins to rage. And they go, could it, could it, could it be that? and the Bible says suddenly their eyes were opened, and the guy who had been walking along with them through this walk of disillusionment was Jesus himself, and then he disappeared just that fast. See, the, 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 the process had begun. And they realized that man something they had a reason for hope. And Jesus is still more concerned about building relationships. He didn't leave to stay away. It would turn out that he would come back and he would talk to them and the rest of his disciples multiple times over the next few weeks. He would show them the nail prints in his hands. He would show them the the spear print in his side where he was was gouged with the spear. He would say, look at me. He would show up. It wasn't like he walked in the back door. They would just be gathered together and poof, he'd just be standing there among them. And he was trying to prove them, like, I'm with you for the long haul. I'm I'm, I'm not going to any place. I'm going to be with you to the very end. These guys look at each other. And they said, didn't our hearts burn within us as we walked along the road, as he as he explained the scriptures to us. And the Bible says there in the middle of the night, after they'd walked that long journey, when they had been so scared to be in Jerusalem, they turned around and ran back to Jerusalem. What changed? Nothing back in Jerusalem changed. You know what happened? They found themselves connected to the risen Savior. And when you're connected to the resurrected Savior, it doesn't matter how much you understand or what hasn't changed, you can go forward and be what you're supposed to be because you know he's with you. And if you've been walking a walk of disillusion, let me tell you, he's, he's here for you. The Bible says wherever two or three of us gather in his name, he's there in the midst. And some of you walked in this morning, we've sung songs, and you felt something turning on the inside of your chest. You felt something grabbing a hold of you, and you thought, I am that disillusioned person. Can I tell you, that was Jesus making his living presence known to you. And he's here, and he's here right now. And the awesome thing about Jesus is this. He rose up to illuminate the path a new life to you as you walk the walk of disillusionment it's not just about Cleopas it's not just about this unnamed guy it's about you walking with Jesus and him walking with you Ephesians 2 4 reads like this but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much the reason we are in this room right now is because God is rich in mercy and he loves us so much that he he would pay an ultimate price for us that in our middle of our disillusionment he would come because the next line says this though we were dead because of our sins so if you walked in here today you're dead you're dead because you don't know Christ. You're dead because you've walked the path of disillusionment. You're dead because you walked the path of depression. You're dead because you walked the path of discouragement. You're dead because you walked the path of grief. You're dead because you walked the path of addiction. You're dead because you walked certain paths. And listen, Jesus is here to make you alive, to bring you up out of that. That's the whole point of today. That he conquered the things that conquer us, and he, de- he, he conquered death by death. He used death against death. Did you catch that? And he rose himself up, and it says this. Because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. That life is available to you today. I want you you ask yourself this question? What circumstances are you processing right now? What things have made you second-guess your faith? What things have maybe made you think about walking away from your circumstances, your life, your marriage, your job, your friendships, your whatever? What questions have you been asking God that you just can't get answered? Jesus knows. And He's been listening the whole time. And He's saying to you this morning, I'll rise up. Are you ready for that? Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant. Another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churcht.org.